This is Leslin from Try This at Home. What do you know about your ego? Everybody has one, and yet we're conditioned not to acknowledge it, to tone it down, or to snuff it out. Is that the healthy thing to do? Today, we're talking about it. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. When your day goes south or your relationship gets salty, you need tools that will turn it around. With decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them, Leslie Sleesman and Leslin Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home. Hi, Leslin. Hello, Leslie. How are you? Lovely. How are you? I'm good. I am, um, yeah, generally speaking, I'm good. Yeah. Same here. Just one of those busy weeks, but it's good. I'm kind of anxious for fall to settle in. And, you know, and then I look forward to the Indian summer piece. I don't want winter to come rolling in, but I'm, I'm finished with the 90 degree days. Yeah. I want to, I want it to be sweater weather all the time. I'm, I could do without the Indian summer personally. <laughs> I, you know, I started to get to the point. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to making a big pot of soup and sit in front of the fireplace. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't like that the days get shorter. You know, mm. it's pitch black by 8 o'clock now, and, and I don't love that. You you probably have forgotten that it's easier to put your kids to bed when <clears> it's dark outside. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I have, you know, I don't have that worry for a while. I haven't yeah. had it for a while. So fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the single reason why I'm excited. <laughs> you know, now that you're saying that, I do have that memory, mm-hmm. um, you know, that they weren't easy. And, and I can remember, you know, oh, yeah. in the summertime, not wanting to go to bed um, when all the kids were outside at you know, dusk, nine o'clock at night playing hide and seek. And I wanted to be out there doing that. And my parents were sticklers about bedtime. I tell my son, Owen, okay, Owen, time to go get your jammies on, go get your jammies. And he's like what? It's day outside. Like he can't, I'm like, I know, but it's seven 30. Put your pajamas. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh boy. So for all you parents out there, it's, uh, it's easier. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. <laughs> I, I feel like a, a, a fraud saying that cause I never even watched that show, but it's well, a good line. It, it, it is a good line, but it didn't even have anything to do with that. That tone. So (laughs) anyway, um, we're going to be talking about the ego today. What do you know about the ego? Uh, Precious little. Um, When I think about it, all I think of is negative connotations of ego. Mm -hmm. That's really it. Like what? Just having a big ego, Mm -hmm. being kind of conceited Mm -hmm. or self-centered or, um, you know, yeah, world revolves around you sort of mentality Mm -hmm. Um, and how I feel like it's kind of good to have a small ego or no ego, maybe, Mm -hmm. Um, even though that's impossible. But uh, yeah, just bigger is bad. 
Interesting. And I, I, I would agree with you. I think before I learned anything about psychology um, or behavioral sciences in general, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure I had a favorable idea about what the ego, the role that it played. And then, of course, if you go to college, you take Psych 101, most of yeah. us, yeah. and you learn about Freud's, Freud. <laughs> um, the id, the ego, and the superego. And I want to, that's always really confusing for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it kind of I think shuts us off to the um, idea of even investigating the ego. Mm-hmm. It's not all that exciting to learn yeah. about the id, the ego, and the super ego, and why he chose such interesting words. Yeah. You know, it, I took psychology. I don't even remember learning about it. I know we did. But I don't remember you much don't details now. So I wasn't let me, particularly interested at the time. But. Yeah, let me refresh your memory. And really, when you're 18, <laughs> why would you be interested? Unless you're going into behavioral science, and why would you be interested? And I personally, I don't think Freud did most of us any favors by being so um, scientific about the things. It, yeah. It, my clients, I'm not going to talk to them about their id. Right. Uh, yeah, right. You know, it's really not don't. relatable, really. I it's don't not. Think. Yeah. The id is your instincts. It's really simple. Mm-hmm. The id is your instincts. You're born with id. It's part of your uh, conscious or impulsive and unconscious psyche, which is part of that fight or flight. Mm-hmm. The personality. So, and probably should back up and say that the id, the ego, and the super ego are all parts of your personality. So, the only part that we're actually born with is the id, that part of your personality that has you demanding food when you're hungry. Yeah, it keeps you safe. Yes, or, well, it maybe at least keeps you alive, right? Because right. impulses don't always keep you safe. Think about a baby who wants a toy. They will crawl across the room regardless of what's in their way, and that might sure. not necessarily be safe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or they want food, and they're going to pick up something that they could choke on. Yeah. So the id is impulsive it's unconscious and it's the part of the psyche which responds to the urges um the ego is your consciousness okay okay it's the it's the part that says "Ooh, that thing you want might not be good for you it helps you make decisions and it starts developing between the ages of three and five and so when we think about child development, their ego is developing to help them discern between that basic instinct where they stomp their feet and demand something yeah, and learning how to rationalize that if I say please and I stand here demurely with a <laughs> smile on my face, yes. I might get what I want more more effectively. Yeah, we're working on that. <laughs> with your 12-year-old? With, yeah, with the oldest one. Man, oh man. Um, and it, the, the ego operates according to reality principle, which it's it really says, is this realistic? Okay? It right. considers so, the social realities, norms, etiquette, rules. It's the one that's going to say, I, I have to wait until my mom stops talking before I can ask Interrupt. for a cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I've dealt with that last night. <laughs> Placed my hand over my son's mouth and said, excuse me, I'm speaking to an adult. 
Yeah. You're such a good mom. Mm. I can't wait till we start talking about parenting in a couple of weeks. <laughs> the superego is morality. It incorporates values and morals, which are learned. We generally, we learn those from people, you know, from our parents before we do um, culturally. Although if you're a kid who's sitting in church, yeah, you're going to be incorporating those external values and morals along with your parents on yeah. a regular basis. And then when you go to school, you'll learn from the school and the teachers and the and the population of students at large. Yeah. So if you think about it, your it is your instinct. Your ego is the consciousness that deals with reality. And then the superego is morality. Very interesting. Okay. Sounds easy enough. Yeah. <laughs> the one we're really going to concentrate on is ego because I think... I think your observation is correct in the sense that most of us have a negative connotation, but I'm, as a, as a behavioral specialist, I'm going to tell you that an ego is extremely important mm -hmm. to pay attention to. Yeah. Okay. So that you could A, keep it in check. Right. Um, because you're right. It can become grandiose mm -hmm. and we call that narcissism. Right. Right. Yeah. And we have some very excellent examples of mm -hmm. what a grandiose ego looks like. As a matter of fact, I, I was can think of one with some wild red hair. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, yeah. Orange. Orange, yeah. Wild orange hair. Orange hair. <laughs> the ego is your conscious mind. It's the part of your identity that you consider the self. And if, like we've said, if somebody has a big ego, we say that he or she is full of himself. Our president right. has a rather large ego. Yes. Um, when we think of identity, it, the ego is the one that gives you confidence, mm -hmm. right? That allows you to feel confident. It is the one that helps you feel um, self-assured, mm -hmm. right? To have a sense of of liking yourself. Yeah. That's yeah. your ego. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, you can say, ooh, if I have a well-developed ego, yeah then I'm going to be confident and feel good about myself. Yeah, which is so important. Very important. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to have a small ego in that regard. Like you want to have a nice, healthy dose of self-respect and self-love. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it's imperative that you do that. If you feel inferior to somebody, yeah, that means that your ego is not developed enough. Mm -hmm. If you feel that you are superior to someone, it means your ego is overdeveloped. Yeah. Okay. It's, it seems like, you know, so simple in the regard that, you know, it's like the Goldilocks. It's not enough. It's too much. You got to get it just right. Yeah. And there's, and, and I think there is an element of when your personal growth that you're, you have to sit back and kind of take a look at your ego, especially if it's not developed enough. Yeah. Okay. If it's developed too much, oh, you probably are a narcissist and it doesn't matter. And you won't hear me when I tell you that it's right. overinflated. Right? And, and nobody, nobody loves a narcissist. I mean, that, yeah. that just... Well, you know what's interesting, though, is yeah. that on the surface, mm -hmm. a narcissist is very likable. Mm. Superficially... A narcissist is charming. A narcissist is can can present themselves as very helpful. 
right. and often will present themselves as rather selfless. Do people actually think that Donald Trump is charming and selfless? Because <laughs> he certainly has this large ego and he certainly did captivate quite a few people. And so my little statement that no one loves a narcissist is actually completely not true because a lot of people love him. <laughs> yeah, and and I think it's if I think it's because the unconscious ultimate goal of a narcissist is to be liked. And so in the mm. very beginning, they're they are likable, you know? It's yeah. just that most of the time there's a tit for tat expectation. Yeah. And that that's not communicated, right? It's just you, I'll do this for you. I like, I like giving, I like doing because it inflates my sense of self, mm -hmm. right? You're going to think I'm wonderful. I think I'm wonderful <laughs> because I'm very generous, Yeah. right? I'm so kind. I'm so good to you. But the second that that's not reciprocated, there's a consequence. Yeah. I think it's too, it's a little hard. Maybe Trump is not the best example because there's so much politics wrapped up in him as an example that some people are just naturally like going to find it hard to say that he's charming or whatever if they don't believe in the same politics. So there's probably, there's got to be a better example than him out there that doesn't have all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, wrapped up. Think in about it. it. Anybody who's been married three times has got to be charming. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Because most of us would fall victim to the charm, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But for some reason, his, I mean, his daughter defends him, mm -hmm. right? His son defends him. So he's, there's something about him mm -hmm. that's likable yeah. on, on, a, on some level. Yeah. And my Facebook feed is full of people that defend him and love him. Yeah. Now, let's be fair. Mm -hmm. None of us know him on a personal Absolutely level. Absolutely not. Right? Nope. Neither one of us. Nope. And most of the people who even say they like him that we know don't know him on a personal right. level. Of course not. So they're actually not even speaking about the narcissistic Donald Trump. Yeah, they're they just like. they're talking about what we are given, yeah. what what he wants us to know about him, and that's true of a lot of people, actually. Yes. You yes. Know? But it's also very true of narcissists as a whole that they're right. only going to show you the side of them that maintains the picture that they want you to have of them. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. And that's, I mean, bringing it back to the topic, that's an example of an overinflated ego. Yeah. Um, someone with an underinflated ego is going to appear selfless in a really unhealthy way. The doormat. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. The doormat. And so with all that said, the ego is not who you are deep down inside right the ego is not the co your core self it's your it's your image self it's the social self that you put out there mm -hmm. um it's the role that you're playing and remember as we've talked in throughout the podcast we often talk about the space between who we truly are and who we present ourselves to be right right mm -hmm. there's there is, for most of us, at least a little bit of discrepancy there. Mm -hmm. That's human. That's yeah. just being human. It's unavoidable in some cases. Yeah. Right. Um, the social mask that we wear, this ego, wants to be liked. It wants power. Because in power, there's physical and emotional safety. 
But because of that, often it lives in fear. Mm. Okay? Yeah. And we've talked about that. Just yeah. last week we talked, or two weeks ago, we talked about fear mm-hmm. and how we're, we're always kind of driven by fear of losing something, fear of never having something, or fear of having less of something. Yeah. And that's the ego driving that. So an unhealthy ego is built on core beliefs that are steeped in fear. Okay. Okay? All right. If you are afraid of not being liked, if you're afraid of being judged, <laughs> that's your ego. Yeah. And I have a really, really good example of this. I had a client come in earlier this week. And they were getting ready to have this big celebration. And at the last minute, the party had to be redirected to their home. Okay. Okay. Yep. And it was, it was a catastrophe for my client because she said her house wasn't ready. She had tons of little painting touch-ups to do. She said my landscaping was a mess. She said... My furniture was stained. I mean, there were all of these reasons why she said um, that the part, it was a catastrophe, right? She was feeling so much stress and anxiety about it. And it always reminds me of the idea that if you're coming to see me, come anytime. But if you're coming to see my house, you better give me a day's notice, (laughs) right? Because that, that needs to go on our Instagram page as like a quote. That's brilliant. Yeah. Well, we can definitely, it's not my quilt. It's not my quote, but it's, it can't, I've been saying that most of my life. I'm sure I heard it from my mother sometime. Yeah. It is true though. I have, I have small group at my church friends from my small group coming mm-hmm. over to my house on Friday and I have been cleaning like a mad woman. And these are the people that I know mm-hmm. could come over and they do not care about how my house looks. But I I feel compelled to do it anyway. Yeah, well, and what's interesting is what we ultimately help this woman understand is that people are coming to the house for the party. Mm -hmm. They're not coming to judge her house. That's right. And so, I mean, I get it. I totally get it. You Um, have pride of ownership. There's a lot of good qualities in that. You respect your home. You have pride. you, You know. Exactly. There's a lot of good to it. Right. So pride of ownership is a big part of that, right? Yeah. When when someone comes to the house, you want them to say, oh, this is a nice place. Yeah. Right? yeah. You want them to look around and think, oh, she takes care of her stuff. Or right. they, they have nice things. Right. And so there's this immediate panic or fear of being judged. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. When my good friends come, I don't care if they judge me. I mean, well, actually, that's not true, but I don't believe that they're going to judge me. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, but if I had, I mean, I don't know. I wonder now, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, what does my mailman think when he approaches my <laughs> front door and I have half-dead plants in my... That's... I have never thought about that until just this second. Or the people that walk by, do they think, ooh, that woman has weeds in her flower bed? Yeah, I'm trying to sell a couple pieces of, like, kid furniture and mm-hmm. they've been on my porch for like a month and a half it does not i'm sure it does not look good but i don't care <laughs> yeah but if you were going to have a party would you keep them there no <laughs> no and we don't use our front door we use our garage door <laughs> and so isn't it interesting that's the ego right, right? the ego is saying 
hey, I care about what people are going to say about this. Yeah. And that's probably an overinflated perspective mm -hmm. of the ego, right? That, e that particular ego is way too concerned right. about what people are thinking that's rooted in fear. I'm afraid yeah. of being judged. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, if I didn't give a flying hoot right. what people thought, then maybe it really would be that I don't care about something. Yeah, yeah. Um, or it would appear as though that I really don't care about something. Yeah. So there's, and I, honestly, I think the reason that you put on lipstick when you go out is because you have a little bit of ego. Oh, yeah. I, I 100%, that is the reason why I wear makeup. Yeah. 100%. Well, isn't it the reason any of us wear makeup? I, I would imagine, I don't, I can't even imagine. Like, I, I do have a friend, actually, um, who doesn't wear any makeup and who looks lovely. And I, I don't think a single thing of it. Yeah, same. Um, but I have to. <laughs> yeah, it, it is so interesting. And, and I think that if you, here's the hard part. And I had this conversation, when I had this conversation with my client the other day, we, and we talked about her ego. She initially was very defensive because she felt like I was being critical of her ego. Yeah. And it's not that at all. Right. Listen, I have my own ego stuff. Okay. <laughs> I'm, that is totally not it. What's important is that we understand how our ego drives right. our reactions, right? Yeah. We talked about how fear drives the reaction. Well, some people will say, well, I'm not afraid of anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, no, 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 yeah, there's fear there someplace. And yeah. so if you can't acknowledge that it's fear, at least acknowledge that it's your ego, which is a normal, healthy part of your personality. To me, if someone said that, I would say you have a fear of looking weak. Ooh. Uh, that, that instantly, that's what that sounds like to me. Yeah, that yeah. I'm not afraid. Yes, I'm yeah. not afraid of anything. Yeah. I'm powerful. I'm weak or I'm strong. I'm, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good follow-up from last mm -hmm. week's um, yeah. or the week before yeah. um, from that podcast because we we didn't really talk about the fear of looking weak and but right. you're a hundred percent right yeah. I would think that there's a fear of somebody being wrong or, or feeling or looking appearing weak yeah, yeah. I thought about it a lot actually because I it was interesting for me because I'd never um, had someone explain fear to me like that and not mm -hmm. to get too far off the topic but when you were saying earlier about someone with a, like a low ego or weak mm -hmm. ego whatever um you know, the fear of not being liked, I could see that pushing people into being a people pleaser. Yes. Um, easily. Yes. You know, without giving too much. Yeah. Because they're trying to get that ego satisfaction. Right. right? I need, I want to be I liked. I want to be liked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's, and I'm, I really want to drive the point home that the power here or the the benefit, and it, as a matter of fact, it's going to be our try this at home this week is to sit back and really understand what's driving the ego. Why do I feel this way? Most of the time it's an ego thing. I, I can remember I was, so I do, I paint as a, as a hobby, yes. right? And I was at an art show a couple of weeks ago, and it was a juried show, which just means that there are, there's prize money available, yeah. and so a jury walks around from booth to booth. And I'm a fluid artist, so I was, um, fluid art is, a, it's very abstract, it's very, um, 
well, it's abstract. I'll leave it at that. And so it looks like most abstract work, like it takes no effort yeah, or right. no knowledge, yeah, yeah. right? Like you just dumped something out. Yeah. Yeah. And at the moment, there are a lot of people doing fluid art. Yeah. Um, I, it, there's end caps at Michael's, I noticed, yes. with all the supplies. So and what's interesting, yes, and I was doing fluid art before that was even available. <laughs> right. But because it's such a rage right now, somebody decided, ooh, we better capture this and yeah. market. And so my point is, is that I was in the category of artist. Mm -hmm. And across from me was a gentleman who had the most magnificent paintings of dark forests. Mm. Fine art. Yeah. I mean, yeah. his paintings were, number one, they were in oils. Number two, they were framed with these you know really thick dark mahogany frames and the detail so he would have either a white moon or a white fox or a white bear in this really dark forested oh yeah that sounds neat it was it was it was very specific right there was but it wasn't fluid art right of course yeah so the jury walked into my booth mm -hmm. and pretty much turned around and walked right back out mm. and my ego was bruised yeah that uh, seems like we could totally pull in on our next week's topic. <laughs> the mixed message, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're an artist, but you're not taken seriously, right? Yeah. Now, and there's no way to, if you're going to compare my artistic talent to someone who has that level of skill, mm -hmm. I don't know that it, you get, I mean, they're literally apples and oranges. Oh, yeah. Right. But so I, I didn't, I know that intellectually. Right. But my ego said, wait, one of my ego was calling out to the jury going, at least talk to me about color and right. depth perception, because that I, I understand. I have some artistic talent also, yeah. but it's, yeah, that was my ego. Yeah. So I've had that happen too. people because I'm a graphic designer. I'm not a fine artist. I'm, I, I can't draw to save my life with mm -hmm. pen and paper. It mm -hmm. looks horrible. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm pretty good on a computer. Yeah. But some people don't see that as, like, true. You know, like, oh. it's not real. A lot of people don't think digital art is true art. Yeah. And I think art is one of those things anyway. It's so incredibly subjective. Yeah. And this is what's interesting. Not one piece of, of my art mm -hmm. hangs in my house. <laughs> That is true. I'm like, we record in your home, so I'm here yeah. a lot. And I'm like mentally walking around. And yeah, there isn't. I've seen a lot of them yeah, on your table. Well, I have them out. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, I have them out. But it's they're not hanging. No, because my home is not decorated in a contemporary fashion. Sure. Right. right? Um, and so my art wouldn't sit in the style of my home. Mm -hmm. But I love it. I wish yeah. I had a house that I could do all... When I was a kid, I wanted to have a house that was every, all black, white, chrome, and red accents. Which, really? yeah, that was a very late 70s kind of a thing. <laughs> As I say, that does not sound appealing to me at this moment, but. <laughs> well, and, you know, the truth is my, my um, trend is to go more kind of French, provincial, or traditional. Yeah, yeah. But I love abstract art. I always yeah. have loved abstract. I just don't have any place to hang it. Well, I mean, so I create it instead. Hasn't, hasn't everyone heard like someone where they just look at a painting and go, my two-year-old could have done that. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's right. Like, so you go to MoMA, the, the Metropolitan yeah. Museum of Art in New York, 
and there are paintings that look like splatter paintings uh-huh that sell that the museum bought for 12 million dollars right yeah and you know i i will say isn't it funny because you did quite well at that show i, I remember did. you telling mm-hmm. me selling a lot of your pieces mm-hmm. um but it was like i sold a lot of pieces but the jury walked in and walked out so it's it's so funny because yeah this you know, yeah, I can see how that would bruise my ego too. Okay. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, my ego is satisfied because I brought home the money. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's why I was there. I wasn't there to get a blue ribbon. Right, right. Um, so the next show I'm doing is I, I entered in the crafts department or oh, the crafts okay. category to okay. see if maybe that would take me away from the fine arts yeah. um, competition. Sure. So we'll see. I'll I'll give you, I'll keep you updated. Yeah, I'm interested to hear how this goes. Yeah. So we're really kind of trying to talk about establishing a healthy ego, and a healthy ego ha- helps you navigate those moments. Right. So my client the other day, when we when we sat down and we assessed that this was really an ego thing, she was able to say, okay, so I'm going to step back from my need to or my feeling of having to have everything perfect because it was kind of a haphazard or circumstantial reason that they ended up moving the party to her house. And so by sitting back and recognizing that this was an ego event and it was challenging, she was able to mitigate the emotions that built for her during that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So I was just going to ask and that, you know, leads us right into it. So what do you do to build a healthy ego? And then conversely, if you are listening to this and you're one of the few who says, okay, I might, mine might be a little too big. What do you do to kind of, I, I guess I'll say knock yourself down a peg, but that's probably not a very good description. Well, I think actually, I think it's a pretty good description. You know, I, um, all of us get a little too full or can get a little too full of ourselves. Frankly, it's pretty easy for me to get full of myself over being a good mom. Mm. You know, I, I went four for four, man. <laughs> You know, I mean, my children are amazing adult human beings, and I'm so, so very proud of that. And I can get pretty full of myself, and and my daughter's pretty good. She's, she'll knock me down a peg. She'll (laughs) remind me. She goes, "Mom, you know we're responsible for us too." It's a joint effort. It's a joint effort. But she's a hundred percent right. I mean, I, I. I think sometimes it's that sensation of pride that we get can get overextended when we fail to recognize the other contributions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in all fairness, there were so many really amazing adults that were a part of my children's lives that contributed to their knowledge and understanding of the world. It wasn't just me. Right. (laughs) You know, and although in those moments when I'm recognized as their mama, I'm telling you, I probably feel pretty proud about that. Yeah, as um, you should. Well, I should feel a, a, you, an you appropriate did a, sense. Yeah, you did a. Uh, you had a lot to do foundationally. Correct. More than any other contributing person, probably. From the found at the foundation, yeah. yeah. And you know what? What's the saying that anything that is well built. Mm-hmm. Starts with a good foundation. That's so, right. Yeah. 
So I think you can do that. So there's there's this element of honesty yeah. that has to be part of your self-awareness and um, recognizing fears, really clearly understanding what are you afraid of. And I'm telling you, it inevitably boils down to I'm afraid of not being loved or liked. Yeah. Your fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to, right? You can keep going down to these levels. Right. I'm afraid of um, missing out. You know, that's, do, are people going to like me enough to include me? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's just so many things that drill down to that space and understanding the root of, of your core self there makes a big difference. And so a healthy ego allows us to genuinely, genuinely accept our strengths, our imperfections, and love ourselves unconditionally. And I, that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. So for our Try This at Home this week, what I really am going to encourage everybody to do without judgment, <laughs> okay, no self-judgment, sit back and check your ego. Notice when it's fearful, and how does it protect you? Remember that the ego is a protection. It's your social self. It wants to be liked, so it's going to maneuver in a way that helps you feel loved. Yeah. How do you do that? What behaviors do you engage in so that your ego is satisfying that need? Yeah. Great. Yeah. And so... That's it. That's our discussion for today. Yes? Yes, we're good. All right. We hope you'll share this discussion with people that you love. If you liked it, we know they will too. As always, we are super grateful that you took time to listen. And next week, we're going to be talking about some of the mixed messages that get delivered to us from our families, our workplace, and society at large. So it's apt to be a fascinating conversation. We hope that you will join us then. For now, if you have any questions or comments, please do reach out on our website, www.trythisathomepodcast.com, where you can subscribe and catch up on old episodes, as well as download um, all of the free resources that we have there. There's lots of goodies. Also, if you're so inclined, we would love for you to step in and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. For now, this is Leslie and Les Lynn suggesting you... Try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.